Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. What happens when your whole world in real estate collapses and everything looks bleak and terrible? Well, we're going to meet a developer today who had just a tremendous, ugly situation that got turned around and he landed on his feet. It's an inspiring story, and you're going to learn a lot from it today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits, the beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. And why U.S. real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show, heard every week on this fine radio station. Now for lots and lots of years, we've got a great show for you and I think a very inspiring story. Before we get to that, let's meet our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. How are you? I'm great. You know, we uh, always love to hear stories of the underdog, the person who's been through the muck. And in the last few years, there's been a lot of ugliness in real estate. Sure. In the last months, we've been focusing on the positive. It's clearly the best buyer's market uh, we've seen probably in our lifetimes in real estate. And there's so much great opportunity today. But folks still have some stuff out there that they need to get through and get cleaned up. Well, you hear all the time about the mood of the market. You know, at the end of the day, it's people, people, business, people's money, people making decisions and how they feel. And recovery is about recovering, you know, from getting back on the horse. You know, you fell off the horse. You had something go sideways. Uh, hopefully when you fell, you landed on your feet. If you didn't, then you got to dust yourself off, pick yourself up, put the pieces back together and, and keep moving forward. And there's a lot of people that have been doing that. And a big part, if you haven't quite made it through yourself or if you want to learn the lessons from somebody else so that in this next uh, session, you don't end up uh, making similar mistakes. Uh, it's always great to hear real live people that have real life situations and when it's, it's always inspiring inspiring and something comes out the back end on top. Well, you know, you talk about uh, real estate. It's so cyclical, right? That there are ups and there's downs and markets change. And a lot of that is very local and geographic. But the big picture is that we have come through one of the most devastating times in the real estate industry ever. And we're excited. We have renewed enthusiasm. I've probably never been more excited about the opportunity that exists today. And in order to get there, we've had to go through a lot of difficult stuff. And so you find out who your friends are, you find out what you're made of. We had lots of of folks back in the day we would have eight nine hundred people come out to our real estate events and you know it was all exciting and not everybody made the turn right. some people didn't have what it took to do that and they're on to the next thing and they think real estate's over in fact the folks who really are resilient do live to play another day sure i mean it's about being tenacious it's about being committed it's about continuing to believe in yourself and the vehicle of real estate and the opportunities that are out there and the irony is the reason people are better today is because they went through the hard times. And the reason the opportunities exist is because of all of the distress in the market. Problems are opportunities. And once you realize that you get out of the notion, I have all these problems, and you start saying, boy, I have all these opportunities. Sure, you've got to clean up the past to move forward. And I think a lot of people have the opportunity to come into the marketplace today who don't have any prior experience, who don't have any messes to clean up from the past, really have a huge advantage because they can move forward aggressively. But what they lack is the education. They lack the experience. And so hopefully by getting people who have been through difficult times and made it through to share the lessons that they've learned, if you're smart, you're taking great notes because you're coming in and you're saying, hey, I'm going to move forward, but I'm going to move forward with the knowledge of the people that have gone before, but I don't have to pay the big price they paid to get the lesson. The path to success always includes failure. 
There's no one who is just always getting it right. Nobody bats a thousand. Nobody gets every single deal to hit pro forma. You gotta go through the muck, but you also have to keep in mind that you're gonna get better, you're gonna get stronger, you're gonna have more experience, more knowledge with every deal that you do. And that's really the attitude part that is so crucial to staying in this game long term. Right. Failure isn't personal and it isn't permanent. You know, you're falling off the bike. That's the process you go through to learn the balance point, to learn how to get the muscles to coordinate. And you know, you've got to learn to manage your investor emotions. You've got to learn how to work with changing dynamics in a marketplace to recognize trends before they hit you, not afterwards. Knowing how to work with your professional advisors, even knowing which advisors you need. I mean, it's it's a business. And if you've never been in a business before of any kind, if you've never been in the real estate business before, there's just a lot to learn. And so, uh, you know, obviously probably preaching to the choir, anybody that would take time out of their busy lives to listen to a show like this is probably already an information junkie, an education junkie. But the, the key point is you don't just learn by listening. You learn by doing, and, and there's, you know, I can tell you, being a guy that has suffered most of my life from paralysis of analysis, what you don't want to do is think that you can learn so much that you will go out and never make a mistake. That is the complete wrong attitude. The reality right. is you learn enough to move forward and make non-fatal mistakes, and then you expect that you're going to make mistakes because you're trying, you're learning it. But, you know, I let my kids learn how to ride their bike. But I didn't have them out there riding next to a busy freeway on a little narrow path, right? You have to be a skilled rider to do that. I took them out and put them on the blacktop and pointed them at the grass. And so they had a lot of room where they weren't going to run into anything. And when they fell, not if they fell, when they fell, they fell on the grass. And so that was just me having skinned my knees a zillion times when I was a kid, knowing it's a lot better to fall on the grass than it is on the asphalt. So we're going to talk about landing on the grass or landing on your feet when the market turns. In a minute, you'll meet our guest. Also, before we're done today, we are going to announce on the Real Estate Guys radio program the 10th annual Investor Summit at Sea. We're going to tell you where we're going, when we're going, all about the ship, all about the uh, itinerary, and about our amazing faculty. So stay with us on the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from Mid-South Homebuyers. Since 2002, Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free, turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888-510-6838, extension 118. That's 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the Real Estate Guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every weekend on this fine radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. We are excited to have a gentleman in the studio with us today who has uh, been through a lot in real estate, learned a ton about it. We're going to try to glean as much of that as we can. Please welcome real estate developer and entrepreneur, Malcolm Davies. How are you, sir? Thank you for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure to get to meet you and hear a little bit of your story. You uh, really have, have an interesting background as a real estate developer. A lot of different ways, what I call doors into development. Sometimes it's through sales, sometimes it's through construction. Tell us how you got involved in real estate development. Sure. I went to the University of Arizona and uh, studied in the regional development and urban planning program. Got a job at the school and worked for the, what they call the Metropolitan Tucson Land Use Study. Okay. And I was, uh, got paid, I think, $6 an hour. All right. I got to drive a University of Arizona official car around, all around Tucson. And uh, I met developers. I met uh, property owners. I uh, gauged real estate development projects for two years. And that got me to understand not just the entitlement process, uh, the capital process, uh, what it takes to get something off the ground. And that was just through contacts I made, and, and it really was the foundation for my whole career. I had to take a couple more steps at getting into the real world to understand, sure. you know, how do you really get this done? And um, I spent the next four years doing that and kind of got my first feet wet back in 2003. And, you know, I went for it. And that, that's the, the hardest part. The far hardest part is get your first construction loan, get enough money together to put as a down payment for the project, and um, then you're off and going. Once you've, once you've started, 
you really enjoy it because you're able to just spend the time to be able to put it all together, and it's exciting. Yeah, so this is an interesting story because of the time that we're talking about. 2003, uh, in hindsight, of course, that was a very strong time to get involved, and uh, I can just guess from uh, from that that it was probably successful for you at the at the beginning. Tell us about uh, your first development project and, sure. and uh, what it took to, to pull that off after transitioning from academics into the real world. So I, I purchased uh, an eight-unit apartment building in a, a sub-market neighborhood in San Diego called Kensington. Okay. Really unique neighborhood. Um, it was right in the middle of the, the what they call – you know, San Diego is like a city of villages. So Kensington itself is a really neat neighborhood. And I bought an eight-unit apartment building from uh, an elderly couple that wanted to sell. And I, got, I think I, – I, I know I got a great deal on it. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew right at that moment condo conversions – were very, very hot. Um, looking back at it, you know, we were transitioning people from being who were renting properties to owning properties. The liquidity, you know, that was going on in the market at that time was so strong that we were able to entitle properties quickly, uh, renovate properties quickly, and we'd have an opening success weekend where we sold all eight in the first weekend. Wow. And, so, and you know, that's interesting because that product type was a strong product type then, not so much today, obviously. Correct. Correct. Uh, but that's one of the lessons as a real estate developer is you have to learn where the market's going, take advantage of, of what the market hands you. Right. And, you know, for me, I was reading about why why did I get involved in condo conversions? Well, I was reading how low the ownership rate was in San Diego. It still is. Yeah. Um, we match a little bit w- worse than Manhattan as far as home ownership rate in the city of, of San Diego. Okay. And so I, I looked at condo conversions as the first-time homebuyer opportunity for you to come in. Typically, you'd be able to own the condo and the market, and you'd be able to have that be your first time as a, as a homeowner yep. and then transition into housing later. You know, a lot of things happen between now and back then, but that was the idea. And to me, it made a lot of sense. And so we went very active in that. And um you know, I went to, started doing projects in Los Angeles, out in Arizona, up in Washington, um, and I was really just looking for the right markets and the right areas and the right products um, to get involved in, and um, it was really successful. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the deal structure to put something together like mm-hmm. that. So you see it's successful, you have some success in it, you want to go duplicate that, unless you just have unlimited funds and ability to borrow, you're going to have to bring in some financial partners, some Correct. investors. Uh, walk us through what the deal structure was like, and uh, generically on some of these deals. Well, every deal, we, you use a single-purpose entity, uh, LLC. Um, and what we'll have is a general partner and limited partners. And the limited partners are the investors and myself as the general partner. Or you can call it a managing member or, you yep. know. Okay, so w- I would go out and, and meet with my investment base, people that I knew from here in San Diego who believed in what I was doing, believed in what the concept was. And uh, they would invest and we would be able to offer them preferred rate of return and an ownership in the entity. So... Typically, we'd give a, a kind of a structure where we, we'd offer uh, anywhere between 10 and 12% preferred rate of return. And then sometimes, depending on each deal, uh, anywhere between 40 to 60% uh, of ownership of the LLC, which in turn made it that they were 40 to 60% owners of that real estate. Yep. Uh, the missing link in that is the, the funding, the loans that you need to get to match uh, to bring you to be able to acquire the properties, and so I worked with a lot of uh, a lot of banks. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those banks are not around today. <laughs> right. Um, so that we would get financing called an acquisition and development loan. Yep. Which would allow me to purchase the the, the properties. Uh, it would also allow me to hire my construction crews and general contractor, and uh, we would be off to the races managing all of this and being able to communicate. You know, that's the one thing I think I've learned from this business is communication is most paramount element with your investors, with your partners, with your your crews, with your bankers. Um, and that's something that to this day still um, utilize that, that, that skill set. That's huge. Now, I would imagine that since you were able to get in and out fairly quickly mm-hmm. in this kind of a product type, because it's already an existing building, Correct. And rehab takes less time generally than ground up construction, I, I would guess that you'd probably have investors who would say, well, that was great. Let's do that again. And that's what happened. And they would tell their friends and they would tell their other family members, hey, I like working with Malcolm and he does a really good, does very well in, in coordinating a lot of these things. And I felt really good about it because, you know, a lot of people would invest capital and the returns that they were getting from me were, were very strong. You know, I always like to say and I always try to say, look, don't give me all of your money because that's not smart. Right. But I always looked at it and said, 
we're pretty, you know, 5% of your portfolio, you know, uh, you're a high net worth investor, accredited investor, you know, that's, that's a part where I liked, I was comfortable with that because that's where I'd say, look, we can go after these opportunities. It is real estate. I love the collateralization of, the, of real estate. Sure. At the same time, we all know how the, you know, things got a little too heated, as we all know. Um, so we all, have all had to, to handle those things. But that was really a lot of it because I love the real estate part. It's, you can touch it. You can feel it. You can see it. And investors do like that. Um, they like to know where they're investing their money, not just in the stock market where they can't understand where it's going. You bet. And of course, at the time, in hindsight, it's always easy to say, well, look, the market was right and that that gave us some success. You were having success branching out, going to other areas. Tell us about this project that uh, you ended up uh, looking at. This is an interesting project and really, I I think, pivotal for a lot of reasons that uh, we'll learn as we go along here. But you had an opportunity to acquire a pretty strategic parcel in San Diego Mm -hmm. and now do a ground-up construction. So I I looked at the market and and as any uh, real estate entrepreneur needs to understand the market changes and it's dynamic. Well, when I talked about doing projects in Los Angeles and Arizona and Washington, the reason why I went to those markets was because I knew the markets were getting softer in San Diego. So I at least was knowledgeable of that. Yeah. The markets in those areas were, were behind us. I can tell you that Arizona was one year behind the San Diego market. The Los Angeles market was anywhere between 12 and 15 months behind San Diego. Seattle was definitely... 24 months behind San Diego. Yep. So, you know, that's how I looked at it. And I also looked at it and said, why not get into the commercial office market? Because I looked at that and I said, well, if you look at the timing, 2005, 2006, good time to start thinking about commercial. I noticed in the residential market in San Diego in 2006, 2005, was definitely getting soft. So we recognized that. And that's why we went uh, into the office market, strategically purchased a parcel, um, right on Sixon Island in the heart of the Gaslamp District in, in San Diego. Just a great piece of property and um, worked for a lot of time. I purchased the property before we had the construction loan. So we purchased it you know, with actually a private loan with a private investor. And uh, I had to handle a lot of entitlements to get it to the next level. Um, a lot of jurisdictions, uh, as anything in a, in, a, in a CBD area, everyone's right. going to know about it. So you have to make sure you present uh, not just to that jurisdiction. You got to get all your permits. You've got to get all your construction drawings done. That's a lot, a lot of of uh, time, and and it's a lot of money. Well, and this is a little bit of of a shift. First of all, the fact that you recognized a changing market mm-hmm. and were able to shift direction huge. A lot of folks get so dogmatic about what they do. I'm a condo converter. If that's the only way you saw yourself, you'd be out of business. True. Instead, here's another opportunity. So there's that part of it. And then as you look at the marketplace, this was a chance also in, in a way for you to kind of parlay the aggregate value of the, the deal. This was a much bigger deal. So tell us about right. the, the building and, and uh, what it was going to take to pull this off. Okay. So uh, I needed to raise uh, about $5 million of, of equity. Okay. Uh, I invested $1.3 million of, of my own earnings that I had made on previous projects. And and so I, I felt really strong about being able to bring in partners on this on this opportunity. Yep. Uh, I actually went to a, a group out of Texas, and they came in and invested uh, $2.4 million in the property. And I raised other capital from local investors, another $1.3 million, somewhere $1.25 million of local investment capital. Okay. Um, private investors. So I had the equity raised, and we put that in a single-purpose entity. And I went to a, a lender called Far East National Bank. They're out of uh, out of Los Angeles, and they have a parent bank in Taiwan. And it's a bank that lent $16 million construction loan. So the project together was about a $20 million project. We had a pro forma underwriting of about $28 million of value in the, in the building. So it looked on paper to be a great return for everybody that was involved. And uh, location, uh, the building design, great architecture, all of those elements were in place. Unfortunately, uh, as we went through at the markets, uh, we hit one of the biggest walls uh, <laughs> that, that we've all experienced. You know, we all experienced it. Right, and uh, of course, our listeners are quite familiar with what we've been through in the past few years. I think what's interesting, if you look at uh, the story that that we're hearing about how your career has developed here as a developer, now you find yourself with a- an excellent product type in a great, strong market. And the financial market shifts so much. You were able to to get a $16 million construction loan, which 
is maybe obvious to folks, but that doesn't mean you get $16 million in the bank account Correct. on day one, right? It's a process with Correct. construction draws and so forth. And, and a funny thing happened on, on the way to uh, the, the development. Yes. Uh, we started construction in, in May of 2010, had a grand opening. I actually, the city of San Diego said it called May 16th, 2008, Malcolm Davies Day. I had the city council member come out and we did a ground groundbreaking. It was fantastic. So we started moving, moving earth, uh, moving dirt. And we got to the point where we were 20 feet subterranean, uh, shoring all around the property, and we were submitting construction draws, uh, submittals that we call pay applications, yep. to the bank, and we got to draw one, they funded a draw. Draw two, they funded that draw. We got to draw three, and they started to slow down their response on the draw. Okay. Draw four, and then subsequently draw five came, and we had started to recognize going, you know, calls I was making to the bank saying, "What is going on? Uh, you know, this is uh, this is a, this could be a, a big problem for someone like myself who is, you know, not only do I have a personal guarantee on the loan, I have a contract with a general contractor that is substantial. Um, so I was getting quite nervous and looking at it and saying, okay, what, what's really going on? And uh, long story short, is August 13th, 2008, I think we all know what happened the next month. Yeah. We all know what happened the month after that. Uh, I got a call from the bank that said that they were no longer going to fund any further draws uh, on this project. Mind you, there's a physical part of this, which is it's 20 feet subterranean right. with a 165-unit hotel next door with a storage facility next door. This shoring wasn't designed to be you know, it's a temporary shoring. Yeah. So I had that issue to deal with. Um, I had also had an issue which was I can't go out and get re- refinancing or capital because we where we were at in the market. The market was it was effectively over. And so I was looking at it and saying, what are we going to do? And I had to have conversations and meetings with all the other investors. Um, that was difficult and challenging, to say the least. Everybody was saying, well, this, is a, this is ridiculous. How could a bank pull their funding, and they use what they call a nervous lender provision clause in the loan documents. Buried in the loan documents Buried somewhere. Buried in the loan documents. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, and we, we, we had meetings. They were very tenuous meetings, and they were not quite nice meetings. But I know on circumstance and, and terms, the bank said, we will never fund anything further. All right. This is what we call a major problem. What do you do? You're in this kind of a situation and your whole performance is shot. The direction you're going to take isn't going to happen. We come back. We're going to find out exactly what Malcolm did. And I think there's a ton of lessons in this story. And I think you're going to really uh, appreciate the way that he handled it. Our guest is Malcolm Davies. We're talking about the change in the marketplace and how it affected real estate development, a case study in uh, kind of what a developer did to change as the market changed. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Bob Helms. They call me the godfather of real estate, mostly because I've been investing longer than the average Joe, since 1957 to be exact. Back when I started out, investing was pretty simple. Even so, I made more than my fair share of mistakes. And I can't imagine getting into this game today without some help. That's why I'm inviting you to check out the Real Estate Guys Investor Mentoring Club. There are three locations to choose from, Silicon Valley, Los Angeles, and Dallas, Texas. To find out when and where, just send an email to guys at realestateguysradio.com or use the feedback page on the website at realestateguysradio.com. Tell them the Godfather sent you. This is Wayne Palmer, co-author of The Real Book of Real Estate. You are listening to The Real Estate Guys Radio Show. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys Radio Program. What a great uh, interview before we get back uh, with Malcolm Davies. It's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing the answer to today's Real Estate Trivia question. As soon as you hear the question and know the answer, simply send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and mailing address so that if you're the winner, we can send you an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing. We're going to give away one copy to the person who gets the fastest correct answer, and then we'll take all the right guesses for the week, have a drawing for a second book. That way, if you're listening on the podcast or you're listening on our website, you still have a chance to win as long as your entry reaches us before next week's show. 
Last week on The Real Estate Guys, we had David Darkangelo on the program talking about his new book, The Secret Asset. Here was our real estate trivia question. Which U.S. state was the last state to get a Walmart? Well, until 1996, Vermont was the only state without a Walmart, but they've got one today, so Vermont was the answer. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Which country on planet Earth has the highest population density? Which country has the densest population? If you know or want to take a guess, simply send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com and you could be the proud owner of Equity Happens, building lifelong wealth with real estate. That is today's real estate trivia question. We're talking with Malcolm Davies. He's a real estate entrepreneur and developer and great uh, story uh, so far of of what it's taken to get you into this position. And now you've got what could arguably have been an amazing project. And yet because of the timing in the market and because of what happened in the financial market specifically, this bank says a few million in, we're done. Mm -hmm. We can't fund the rest of it. My goodness, what what do you do? Walk us through the emotion of dealing with your investors, of your crew, of your contractor. This is a mess. It is a is a mess, and I'll kind of give a perspective of how much money we're talking here. Yeah, the the bank had funded three million dollars total, so they had a first trustee on the, on a piece of real estate. Remind you, that's twenty feet below grade, right? Which isn't worth a lot at that point. <laughs> so they had three million they funded. I owed three million dollars to the contractor, so they had a mechanics lien on the property for another three million. So we have $6 million total. Part of these draws that weren't getting correct. funded. Yep. Correct. So plus, we have an additional total of all the investors together, $5 million sitting behind six uh, on a 20-foot subterranean parcel. We all looked at the, you know, I can say, I can say looking somebody in the, in the face and say, we have a major, major problem here. Yeah. We have a lot of work to do. And I started at that point um, working with my attorney, putting together a lawsuit making sure that we could take care of because my biggest my biggest ob- objective at that point was principal preservation was making sure that you know right then we were looking at 100% loss right everybody was going to lose every every dime they put into the project so i spent a lot of time battling the bank in 2008 i spent a lot of the pretty much the rest of the money i had as a person with a law firm out of los angeles and we dwindled it all the way down to essentially zero. I, I by the time December of 2008 came, uh, it was quite frightening. Definitely was um, you know one of those situations where there really wasn't more I could potentially do except for my efforts. And so my efforts started with me first saying, "Don't don't let this take you down. Communicate with everybody. Let them know you're doing the best things you can possibly do, even though this is personally affecting you. You need to go out and take care of this." So January 1st, 2009. I woke up that morning and said, this is not going to take me down. I started to get back in shape. I was running every day. And uh, we started a process. And when that process was through 2009 was, how am I going to get out of this? Well, I started meeting with different uh, people here in San Diego, telling them about the project, figuring out what we could do with this besides making it an office building. Right. Okay, so there is some other still uses. Still a good location, great still location. a good piece of land. Exactly. You've got it under control. You've got a few challenges, but Absolutely. Well, how do you make uh, lemonade? Right, so I, I met um, a gentleman who was developing an, a hotel building very close to our site, and we started to, to have discussions and meetings and, and uh, really came to understanding that this site would be perfect for a hotel development. And so, you know, this is 2009. Mind you, I still have this issue, right? Yeah. We're sitting behind. I need to protect the, the, the site so we don't lose the interest. So great, great things happened throughout 2009. Myself and PCL, they had a, an attorney, in-house counsel, a large general contracting firm out of Denver. Well, they filed a bonded stop notice against the bank. That bonded stop notice, when they went through their own court jurisdictions and things, they settled. The bank did pay PCL in 2009. Well, reputable builder, big reputation, Absolutely. understands the game they're in. Absolutely. Sharp counsel. Absolutely. They're going to figure it out. They figured it out. And that was great for us. Because that, because that also, that's now relieving you of a giant correct. headache. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so we went through 2009. 2009, I had to go through my own personal challenges. I mean, I had lots of personal guaranteed debt. Wow. Uh, to be open in disclosure to anybody, I went through a Chapter 7. Yeah. Um, everyone knew it. Uh, I went through in June of, t- June of 2009. I did, and I got discharged in November 2009. Most painful experience anybody could ever face. But through it, I was still managing this property because it was so underwater. Nobody, there was no interest. Nothing I could. None of the creditors would want any of the this right. liability. It was a big liability. Sure. But I stayed with it. Kept throwing. February of 2010, we filed a Chapter 11 
on this entity, yep. which stopped any foreclosure proceedings that the bank could do to take the asset back. And we then at that point hired a firm here in San Diego called Breakwater, and we started to really go and get into it with the bank, utilizing all kinds of leverage pieces. Most important thing that we did was being able to have me as a developer, but I needed a third party. I needed someone who, kind of, who understood what we needed to do. Yeah. We went through all through the summer of 2010 in court cases. We finally, I'll never forget, in the summer of 2010 being where we filed an 11, which is you know effectively a reorganization structure, yep. and we also sued the bank for damages. Well, the bank thought they would be able to just foreclose on the on the asset and and kick us out of of, of court because it was they said there was our reposition plan was fruitless. Remember, I talked to you about the hotel developer, right? Well, that plan makes sense and it made sense, and so they didn't throw us out of court. Now that loan, the second that happened, the bank capitulated. They asked for a meeting outside of the courtroom. We sat down and talked because we knew that the loan value was not worth the value of that real estate. It needed to be a lot less. Now, mind you, that $3 million I told you about uh, earlier, they, they actually had a pledge CD on that $3 million. This in, is a personal asset. Personal, well, personal liquidity. Yeah. That they took in November of 2008, they siphoned that out of my accounts to pay down that loan. Yeah. So the loan was now at $2 million. Okay, plus or minus, a, a lender would always tell you that they're accruing interest and penalties. So what happened is they, we got back out and we said, what are we, what are we talking about here? Well, the bank, we negotiated the bank down to a payout of $575,000. Mind you, I had negotiated along the way with this hotel developer to keep the investors in the deal. Yeah. Okay, so the hotel developer agreed to pay $800,000 for this real estate. Now, how they did that, they actually purchased the note from the bank. Okay. Okay. So there was a little bit of a little bit that could go back to the investors there. Yeah. But the beauty was that the negotiations, we kept our interest. Now the investors that were in my project are now owners of the hotel development site. And it's being developed today as a hotel. They've kept a decent amount of interest uh, in that project. Are they going to get 100% of their investment? I don't think they're going to get full 100%. I think it's going to be pretty good. I think they might get closer to 75% of their principal that they invested in the property. Now, is that great? No, but it's a lot better than nothing. Really. Well, it's what we would ask compared to what. There are so right. many investors who invested in projects at right. this time that we're talking about who ended up with nothing or worse. You at least had the benefit of a limited liability entity for your investors. Right. There were some folks out there who had people come in and there were guarantees or just deep pockets. And you know how the legal system works. You're going to go after whoever has the money. Right. So I would have to call that a win for the investors, yes. right, right? Compared to what? Compared to they could have not only lost everything, but it could have been worse than that. Absolutely. And, and you know, today, you know, it's nice to know that they, that they stuck with me throughout the whole process because today they are still with me. And so, you know, at least... This whole situation, it was definitely the worst. I would never wish the situation to happen to anybody anytime. Yeah. However, it taught me the most, not just about real estate. It's just about life. It's facing challenges, keep going forward, you know, getting out of it and moving, and moving onward because I think today it's looking very positive. I think you know, to survive through those calamities to get here is, is one thing. Now let's look about what's going to happen in the future because we see great opportunities that are out there. But, you know, it, I, I still get a little emotional about the whole situation because, frankly, uh, it, was, it was quite challenging to say the least. But getting through it and looking back, I know that that is the most important thing that happened in my career, maybe my life, uh, because it taught me so much. And, you know, I'm 35 years old today. I have a lot of career in front of me still. The key for this, I mean, just so everyone knows, I didn't get really a dime from, you know, I relinquished all my investment in the property. I took the loss because it really, at that point, it was more about the money for the investors than it was for me because I, you know, looked at myself and said, how could I continue to be in this? I brought everybody in. That's kind of how I felt. Yep. And um, I think it's paying its dividends in other ways. And so, you know, it's... It's 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 a it's an interesting case study, I would say. I mean, Boy, it, it sure is, and we just appreciate the candor, Malcolm. This is a, 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 I think I hope that the listeners will really understand a lot of the lessons. Tons of lessons here. One of the biggest things, though, 
is the attitude that you developed going through this? Super hard times, investors who trusted you, put their money in your project, uh, what looked like a great project, a home run, the world changed. And, you know, at the time you set up a deal, you've got all the disclosures and they're all big boys yep. and girls accredited investors at the same time. You have passion for the project and you poured your heart and soul into it and end up with, with less than, than nothing. You've got to look at what is the positive in a situation like this. And I think to your credit, you really have embraced this negativity and used it as a springboard to really put yourself in a, an amazing position going forward. We are at arguably one of the best times we're ever going to see in our lifetimes to acquire assets and to get in this game. And now you have an experience resume that isn't just a guy who always had success, but here's a guy who went through the mill and still came out all right. I, I mean, was I all right financially? No. But was I all right as a credible business person? Was I all right as uh, someone who learned a lot and can gain from that? Absolutely. Um, in fact, you know, it was such a challenge. You know, I remember my wife at the, when this was happening. I mean, she was eight months pregnant. Wow. And uh, she looked at me and she says, wow, you got us in a lot of problems here. <laughs> and I said, you know, I said, stick, stick with us. We're going to get through it. As just a personal level, it was just something that it, it brought my wife and I even closer than we were before. And, you know, I, I remember when our son was born in February of 2009, I said, well, you came out at the worst point in life and everything's going to be up from here. That's such yeah. a great perspective because the only thing that's certain in your future is change. When yep. the market is great, you can't believe your own press. When the market is terrible, you have to know you're going to live to play another day. And getting through and, and managing your psychology is what's huge. And it's, yeah. it's obvious that that was a process for you. You weren't just, oh, this will be fine. But having gone through the process now, it, it, it's clear that having that mindset and keeping a straight head and looking out for your investors and doing all the things that you could, given what happened in the marketplace, now you're, I, I would argue, a much stronger developer going forward because it, you've been through this. You've had this. And I would think an investor looking at, at this will go, okay, well, look, this guy – could have gone a completely different direction, could have thrown mm -hmm. up his hands and said, well, bummer, too bad you lost your money. Instead, you dug in, you fought, you did what you thought was right, and you looked for solutions. And right. that's just a huge part of this lesson. Right. I, you know, I, I won't lie and say that in, in, when it all happened in 2008, there wasn't moments of self-pity. You bet. Uh, there wasn't moments of me going, why me? You know, you have to get past that, no doubt, at, at any point. And, you know, today I know that, you know, people that work with me and work together they like the fact you now they never want that they never wish that to happen to them of course but they like the fact that i they know i've been through adversity and i it wasn't i'm not being judged on when all the greatest times happened uh, i'm judged what i did when it was just terrible yep. you know it's really easy to to be uh, a developer and and you you make a lot of money and you pay everybody and everybody's super happy it's a, you know that's fantastic don't get me wrong yeah. but you know that's not it's not nearly as challenging as facing some of these other issues that you need to when it doesn't go as well and don't put your head in the sand. Yep. You know, figure things out, and you can get there. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, how you really were able to go through this process. You you mentioned Breakwater, and, and what they do is is really almost a third-party negotiator. In the residential business, you have people who help people specialize in loan modifications and short sales and so forth. In mm -hmm. commercial, it's very different. And what Breakwater is able to do for you, I think, is a really interesting part of the story. First of all, I'm guessing you wouldn't have been able to do it without that help. And, and, and secondly, it, it's what's enabled you to get to a point where now your investors are still going to see some kind of a result from this investment. Absolutely. Uh, there were a lot of organizations and groups that back then that I would hear about, and they would talk about how they could do great commercial workouts, and they'd be able to help you. And and frankly, I mean, if you know, my attorney couldn't help me get to the point where, where Breakwater helped me. It was, right. It was because it was – you know, a developer, a developer's perspective, a company that has they they understand a lot about the legal system. You know, they understand about the leverage points that it takes to get the negotiations. And there's a lot of I call it the yin and yang approach. Yep. The the, the gentleman there, there's a lot. You know, Phil and Jack, uh, they they have their dynamic. And when you come to a meeting with Phil and Jack, and yourself. There's a lot of heavy-handed approaches, and then yep. there's the soft-handed approach. Yep. And really, that's how the negotiations would work, because it was all about the leverage points that we had. Uh, and you need to be able to understand those leverage points. Uh, I didn't know all of the leverage points, obviously, going into this, but utilizing their services and being able to say, hey, this is, what a this is, this is some of the things about the law that will be in benefit to you and your investors. These are things we can utilize in our negotiations with the financial institution. 
that is immeasurable. You can't put a dollar amount to what that means because you don't know what the result's going to be. But yet, if you don't have those leverage points, you're just not going to get there. There's no chance. So they have the disposition as well to be able to negotiate. We had to take a, a little bit of a gamble to say, "Hey, do we want to bring this group in?" Right. You know, we had to invest a little bit more money to to keep going. You yep. know, at that time, people had lost so much, but it was the best money we could spend to get this accomplished. And Anybody that says that you can just do it on your own, I, I think the problem with that is that you're the developer, you're the big bad boy, the, the big bad guy who you know, yeah. you know, messed up the bank. Uh, that's what they perceive you as, right? But they, when you bring in a third party, they can't do that with them, right? Now, you, you have to be at the table. So I always advise anybody else who's going through a commercial workout, you can't just hire a group like Breakwater uh, and bring them in and then expect them to do all the work. Yeah. You've really got to be an active client. You've really got to be there. You are effectively the borrower. So you need to be as as persistent about it. And a lot of different, uh, you know, some people are in it because they're, you know, they want to remove themselves from maybe a personal guarantee. They're looking to make sure that they save money for themselves. You know, for me, it was more about my reputation. It was the number one thing for me. Yep. Um, and it doesn't matter what those reasons are, right? But you need to accomplish that goal. I think they just, you know, I, I can't say enough nice things about what they did. All right. Well, we uh, we certainly appreciate uh, you spending time with us today. It's a, it's a fabulous story from the lessons that can be learned. Obviously, a lot of personal trials and tribulations you went th- through. But uh, clearly, uh, you're in a great place. You've come through it in a way that uh, is going to prepare you for a lot of success in the future. And uh, we'll stay in touch and, and uh, look forward to hearing about your future successes. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Malcolm. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Stay with us. We're the Real Estate Guys. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, Russ, wake up. We've got a show to do. Huh? Oh, sorry. I was just having the most awesome dream. I found low-cost rental properties that cash flow in a strong job market with prices that didn't fall through the floor during this great recession. Wow, that is awesome. But, you know, you don't have to dream to find a market like that. We're going on a field trip there in just a few weeks. Really? Where are we going? To Dallas, Texas. It's a huge market with great infrastructure and lots of people. Prices are low and rents are strong. And with today's low interest rates, properties cash flow great. And did you know Dallas is projected in the top three of all job markets for 2010? Plus, Texas is the number one rated state for doing business. That's amazing. When is it? That's the best part. It's up to you. We have several dates scheduled, so you can go when it's convenient for your schedule. No matter which weekend you pick, there'll be tours of different submarkets and property types and meetings with local experts, including developers, agents, and property managers. That sounds great. Well, hurry up and register, because space on field trips is always limited. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events or call 888-GUYS-RADIO for more information. That's realestateguysradio.com or 888-GUYS-RADIO. Hi, I'm Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Listen up. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. What an amazing, amazing story. And uh, so great to get a chance to hear Malcolm tell that story. You know, one of my favorite things about going and watching action movies is you see the hero take on impossible odds and come out on top. And, uh, you know, most of the time you think, oh, well, that never happens in real life. And so when you hear Malcolm's story, it's like, wow, that's a real life story of a guy taking on what seemed like impossible odds and actually beating those odds and winning. And so it gives me a lot of faith as, a, as, as an investor. And I hope it inspires a lot of people in the audience to think, wow, I can go out there. And if I just am committed to doing the right thing and I keep working hard, uh, the resources that I need are going to be uh, they're going to rally to my cause. And I'm going to be able to find a way through. If there's a way, I'm going to find it. We love stories. We love case studies of what's happened to investors, you can learn in those. And you can learn from successful case studies, but you can sure learn from situations where it didn't all go well. And I think that's the great opportunity. Speaking of opportunities, it is time to announce the 10th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. For 10 years now, we have gone every year and brought a great group of real estate investors and faculty members and our team together to spend a week concentrating on our real estate businesses. And it's absolutely an extraordinary time uh, and the highest level event we do every year. And talk about being excited. You know, we're just talking about being inspired and all of that kind of thing. You know, when you get a chance to be around people that are willing to take an entire week of their lives and to pay a pretty big price to go someplace and to be around like-minded people, 
there's something that happens that is greater than the sum of the parts. It's a synergy that really takes on a scale of its own. And for nine years now, we've been trying to overhype this thing. You know, we've been trying to make people set expectations so high that people come and go, oh, you know what? This isn't as good as you said it was going to be. But again, once again, without exception, everybody, I mean, I, we sat down and read the surveys on the plane ride home, right? It's like, this is amazing. These people over the top, you know, you're getting comments like life-changing, uh, awesome. Best event ever. Best event ever. And of course, you know, when we say it's our best event ever, we've done this for nine years and we think, how in the world are we going to be able to top it? Most of the time, it's a little intimidating, right? We get off the ship and we're thinking to ourselves, how in the world are we going to top this next year? But this upcoming 2012 event, I think we have an opportunity to actually go in with a bit of confidence that we're going to actually top the uh, the ninth annual. The 10th annual should be uh, ridiculous. Anytime you've done something for 10 years, you hope you have it figured out, and this is going to be extraordinary, and here's why it's going to be great. First of all, before we left the ship, more than 90% of the people who were on the 2011 summit re-upped. I did the math. It was 91%. Exactly. 91%. And it was actually better than that because folks signed up people who weren't even there. Right. We had single people who came who are bringing their families back. We had people sign up their parents, people sign up their siblings. And so those those folks didn't get counted. But of the ones who actually came, 91% re-upped. And they did it before they knew the price. They did it before they knew the faculty. They did it before they knew the ship we were sailing on. Well, I think the important thing to remember is this isn't just an event. It's really a summit. And a summit is that highest point. It's that high level. And it, it it's education for sure, but it's not just education. You know, why do people go to conferences every year? Why do people do retreats, planning retreats in their companies? It's, it's a time to get away from everything else in your life and really focus on being a real estate investor. But, you know, one week of intense concentration will just give you a headache, right? So you got to have some fun and you got to have some variety. And it's just, I think what we've been able to do over these last several years is find a very unique way to create an environment where people can have that mountaintop experience, that summit experience, both personally and in their interaction, plus on the educational side. So there's a lot of facets to it, and everybody gets affected differently. But you know, on that last day when we do the best ideas and action plans, and you listen to what the people have to say, and then you give them a chance to sit down and really express themselves on the surveys and write some of the things they had to say. And this year we got some video testimonials as well, because it's it's hard for us to try to capture. And of course, you know, we get on the radio, it's like, oh, yo, the real estate guys are, are pumping their their summit at sea, and it just sounds like it's it's promotion. Well, it is promotion. I mean, if you found something that you're totally believe in, you're totally excited about, and you see the impact it has on people's lives, why wouldn't you go out and tell people about it? Yeah, we want you to come. I mean, it's a fabulous event. You don't have to take our word for it. You can listen to the people that have come. The fact that 91%, I mean, we really have more people coming on next year's event already than we had on the past event because of the people who re-upped, plus all the new people they've signed up who haven't been. They'll be first-timers next year. But that number already has us in excess of the number of people we had this year before we've even gotten out of the gate. Yeah, that's called a clue. So here's the details. We are sailing in 2012 on the brand new Carnival Dream. It is the newest and nicest and biggest ship in the fleet. It's got a bunch of great attributes, but you don't come on the summit because of the ship. You come on the summit because of the itinerary where we go and the people that are there. So we're going to have our largest event ever. Almost 300 people will be at the summit at sea, and we'd love to have you be one of them. The event starts on March 30th, 2012 in Orlando, Florida. You'll fly in on the 29th, and uh, we'll spend the entire day on the 30th in uh, land-based seminars with our faculty and then the next morning we'll uh, do the same thing then get on a bus in the afternoon head out to port canaveral get on the beautiful carnival dream we'll spend our first day in classes at sea do roundtable discussions and have a lot of great uh, interaction and then of course we'll have uh, our welcome party and get to know all of the folks sailing with us uh, we're going to some amazing ports this year uh, we're going to start in cozumel mexico a wonderful uh, port we have a lot of fun there probably do our group uh, beach party and have a neat uh, time there in uh, cozumel then we'll do our real estate shore excursion at our next stop in one of our favorite parts of the world, Belize. So uh, Belize back on uh, the itinerary for the 2012 summit. We'll also visit one of the favorites from uh, past years, Roatan, which is a great, great market. The uh, island of Roatan in Honduras and uh, 
pretty, pretty place. You're going to love Roatan. And we'll end up in Costa Maya, Mexico. So four ports, but lots of interaction, lots of classes. Our faculty coming back with us, uh, Beth Clifford, international real estate developer, Mauricio Raul to be back with us. Uh, the godfather of real estate, Bob Helms, sailing with us. Ken McElroy, author of the ABCs of Real Estate Investing, making his third appearance yeah. on the Real Estate uh, Summit, as is Rich Dad advisor, Wayne Palmer. So Wayne did an extraordinary job this last year teaching us how to conduct capitalism without currency. And that theme is going to continue uh, in 2012. You're not going to want to miss that. And one of the super things we're excited about, we've not added too many new faculty members, but we've added two. Robert and Kim Kiyosaki are coming with us. <laughs> uh, pinch me, right? Can you believe that? I mean, it's that's just awesome. such an amazing thing to think that the greatest selling personal finance author in the history of planet Earth and his wife would dedicate an entire week to come hang out with the real estate guys and all of our investors on their summit at sea is amazing. So we, we're pretty confident not only that this is going to be our best ever, uh, but we're pretty confident this thing is going to sell out pretty fast. You know, we can't do this with a thousand people. You know, we've had up to 180, I think 200 before. I think we can get to 300 and manage that pretty comfortably and create the kind of environment and experience we want for everybody. But you can bet that those that opportunity is going to sell out fast. So uh, not to be too hypey about it, but again, how can you overhype this thing? We asked him at the end of the day, hey, did anybody think we overhyped this thing? Nope, nobody felt that. Not yet. We're well, trying again. We're trying again. So come out and spend a week with Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, Ken McElroy, Wayne Palmer, their families, and of course the Real Estate Guys. You get all the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on Summit. You'll find uh, the registration form there. The order that you sign up with your deposit determines what we call your Summit number, and your Summit number determines who gets into the limited edition events like the field trips and the beach party and who gets to eat dinner with the faculty and those kinds of things. So you want to sign up early and often, as we say, <laughs> and uh, and bring a friend. Make it make it uh, a fun time to get away, but also serious time to uh, get your real estate uh, mind around what's happening in the market and some of the neat issues. Got lots of great classes planned for you this year. It's interesting that the 91% of people who signed up did that. They signed up before they knew Robert and Kim were coming. You now know they're coming, and we'd love to have you come with us. Hey, big thanks to Malcolm Davies for uh, taking not only his time, but for bearing his soul and telling his story. That was amazing. In fact, Malcolm will be joining us on the Investor Summit at Sea. So you want to get around a guy who's been through some stuff and still has a lot of success in his future. This guy's dynamic, bright. What an amazing guy to be around. We're going to have him share his story as well on the Summit at Sea. So if you want to get around him, make sure you sign up for that. And a big thanks to our engineering team, all our sponsors who make our show available to you. And also, tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys radio program. Until next week, go make some equity happen. Are you ready to take your real estate investing to a whole new level? Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Join the Real Estate Guys for the 10th Annual Investor Summit. It's part education, part inspiration, part transformation, and a whole lot of fun. And it takes place in four different countries. Returning this year are Rich Dad Advisors Ken McElroy and Wayne Palmer, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Rauld, and the godfather of real estate Bob Helms. Plus, joining us for the first time, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, and in person. It all begins March 30th, 2012 in Orlando. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more. The Investor Summit always sells out, so reserve your spot today. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit or call 888-GUYS-RADIO to talk with our Summit Specialist. That's 888-489-7723. 888-GUYS-RADIO. Spend a week with the Real Estate Guys, the Kiyosakis, and an all-star faculty on the 10th Annual Investor Summit.